because you might not be ready, but I'm ready. <laughs> We're live. Welcome to an NBA edition of Big Ben and K Win. 49ers, see ya. We are now an NBA podcast. Kings, Warriors, Blazers, Lakers, Trailblazers. I'm K Win. He's Big Ben. We're live every Thursday, giving you the best coast, the West Coast, updating sports. Today, we're going to talk a little NBA, a little NBA trade deadline. If you miss us on the live stream, you're maybe possibly listening to us on an audio podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Podbeam. We're on Pandora. We're on iHeart. Everywhere. Click. Subscribe, download, five stars. I'm K Win. He's Big Ben. Let's get it. Okay. The Midwest and East Coast gobbled up the Super Bowl. My question to you will the beaches be packed on Super Bowl Sunday due to the fact there is no West Coast team? Beaches are always packed. It doesn't matter if the Rams were playing the Chargers <laughs> in the Super Bowl. People care about one thing in LA that's being physically fit and being out in the sun. Will you watch the game? I love the Super Bowl because I'm all about pizza, snacks. I'll drink some beers. It's like the longest day of just entertainment. And you know me. I'm the guy who will place like $5 down in Vegas and be like, Ben, I'm getting in too much into this gambling thing. I need to take a break. Even I bet during Super Bowl Sunday. Boom. Okay. Super Bowl Sunday. Not this weekend, but next weekend. and. Beyonce? Rihanna. Rihanna. Woo-wee. Char might actually watch the game then. Eh, that will bring eh. the female audience. Hey, into I'll the definitely game. watch the halftime show. <laughs> All right. Catch me up on the NBA. All right. Uh, All-star reserves were selected tonight. This is fresh material in. Sabonis from the Kings made it as a reserve. Paul George. Dane Lillard. John Moran. Jaron Jackson, the one name I was surprised and thought he could make his way in was De'Aaron Fox and the Kings. They're third place right now in the West, playing a great brand of basketball with Mike Brown. Sabonis? If you would have told me Sabonis was going to become the player that he is today, after coming who he was at Gonzaga, I wouldn't believe you. But you see the last name. And I think that's the difference. He probably saw what it took to be a pro. And the guy has the Kings cooking. Oh, yeah. The Kings, Sacramento is up. He's putting up 12 assists, I believe, from a center position. 12 rebounds, six assists. Close enough. (laughs) But leading the league in rebounding. Exactly. Now, my question to you real real quick, kind of on that same parallel. Drew Timmy. Would he even sniff that in the NBA? No. The bonus is more athletic. He can do more. Timmy's a little bit slower of foot. <laughs> no, Sabonis can jump. He can run. He can dribble. He can shoot. He can just do that much more than Timmy. I think why we didn't see it or project it is because he didn't get the open space that he is as now he doesn't have the teammates and he just got better he left early if i'm if i'm not wrong i think he left after his sophomore year he wasn't fully developed and he now is fully developed as a three-time nba all-star 
uh, the state of Texas just crepit in the West outside of the Mavs, Spurs and Rockets suck and wind. What I see in the standings currently, if we can go there for a bit, because sure. I believe that leads into your question. You got seven seven teams that have a viable chance, not just for the last four, because there's a lot, a lot of games to be played, but seven, okay, let's call it this. Let's call it 13 for, thir- for 10 right now. 13 viable teams for the Blows 10 playoff spots. With the Lakers probably being the, the last one, or I guess right now they're, they're what thirteenth, yeah. In the in the West, they're only a couple games out. There could be a lot of movement, in my opinion. When you have Sacramento at third, Minnesota in fifth, like there's 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 been a probably a, a lot of uh, rest for the stars early on, if you would. This is how close it is. I'm a diehard Warriors fan. I don't like to get caught up in the standings, but now it's the new year. I got to watch the standings. In a matter of days, they went from the 10th seed to the 5th seed. Now they're the 7th seed because all these teams from like 5 down to 10 are separated by three games. It's going to be wild into the season. I was starting to panic when the Warriors were losing all these road games, but now that they're finally getting healthy, if they can put something together – they could potentially jump up to like a four or five seed if they get a little hot during the end, stay healthy. Let's be honest. You probably just want a, a top six seed, right? Is that what just you're playing for at the end of the day? No playing. You do not want to play in game. We've seen what's happened in previous years. I think the, didn't the, the Warriors actually soft roll themselves into a kind of a playoff game one year and end up getting ousted? Yeah, by the Grizz. That's when the rivalry started. Ooh, okay. I got no questions for you because honestly, with no one in my jurisdiction, K Win, with with no supersonics, you know, I get the Blazers. I watched Dame drop sixty, like he was on in cruise control, um, and the Blazers have looked good. I think they miss CJ a little bit, but I mean, and Nurk's playing out of his head. He's playing well this year. So, but that's all I got. So I need you. To carry the rock here. So the playing game in baseball, like if you get the extra game, you're playing with momentum, you win that. We've seen a lot of teams win that, win uh, their division, get into the World Series and win the division. It is the opposite effect of the NBA. If you get in the playing game and you win, you get it ousted by the number one seed immediately. And that number one seed in the West is the Denver Nuggets. So I got some questions for you, Big Ben. We'll just banner off my questions. Okay. How much do you trust the Denver Nuggets this year? Oh. I trust them until they get hurt. And when I say they, it's one of the one of the three or one of the four, I guess you could say. Michael Porter Jr., probably even less so than a guy like Aaron Gordon, less so Jamal Murray, less so than Joker. If those four are all healthy, I have no reason not to trust them. That's that's a People talked of Aaron Gordon maybe making the all-star team. Yeah. So I trust them until they start getting there. That's – and then it becomes a little wary because take one of those out of the, the four out of the equation, that second wave, that second team isn't as strong. Only then and then. But 
again, they've been for the most part healthy. I think Jamal Murray's been out a bit, but that's why they're in first. I trust them in the regular season. I trust them to lose in the second round of the NBA. <laughs> like, they're rolling. They have the Joker, two-time MVP. You can argue this is his best season yet. He's going to have a chance to win it again. Jamal Murray started slow. He's playing better. Aaron Gordon is playing like an all-star. I think he deserved to be a reserve. There's just too much talent in the West. They've got Michael Porter Jr. not really talking about. they got Bones Highland. CP3, I believe, has been the difference maker. Quietly, two-guy, stretch the floor, operate in space. They're a great regular season team. Offensively, I believe they're the number one offensive efficient, efficient team in the NBA. But it all comes down to defense. It all comes down to matchups. And I don't think they're going to get by the second round of the playoffs because they're just not a defensive first team, which is very unlike a Mike Malone coach team. I don't believe I think that I, I think they're trying the formula one more time before they blow it up, really. Because you're right, they haven't hit they now they did get to the Western Conference Finals one year, I believe. In recent we'll go back four it's or five a bubble years. Year, wasn't it? That was a bubble year, I think. But you're right, it's always they they saw it seem seemed too soft in the playoffs. They don't have that guy. I guess Joker the question becomes is, can Joker win an NBA title? Correct. That's the real question, because he's going to be the guy that takes you there. We'll see, my friend. Speaking of Joker, MVP, I've got a question for you. Who's most likely to win the MVP this season? Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Joker for the third time, or the field? You know why Joker's won it so much, I think? Have you ever been to a drag race? You know, I have not been to a drag okay. race. Okay. <laughs> but I would love to hear the analogy in case one day I am at a well, drag let me, race. Let me tell you about a drag race. Okay, you have, a, you have a car pull up, and it's supposed to run an expected time, which is a quarter mile, and, you know, how long it takes, and then how fast they actually get going down the track. You know, Joel Embiid shows up to the line. He looks like someone that should go fast. Like he's well-equipped, face-up game. Uh, and this might be a little bit of a white man can't jump joke. But then you get <laughs> uh, Joker up and he's got, you know, he's blowing smoke out of his tailpipe. You know, he's got the fat tires, but we don't know how fast he's going to go. And, you know, kind of rickety. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's faster than fast. I think Joker wins just from the predominantly from the idea that he doesn't look like he should win. You know, the guy doesn't, he's not above the rim type player, but yet he does everything excellent. Excellent. Let me answer your question. If the Sixers continue to do what they're doing, I think Embiid gets almost the benefit of the doubt. I think it was a toss up a few, uh, almost last year, maybe the year before between him and Joker. Um, Embiid's been runner up the last couple of years. Yeah, so... Joker deserves MVP because his stats are better. He's playing better. But what he has going against them is, how do I say this, is the media, right? Like, for him to win three in a row, that's like Larry Bird type of 
honors an accolade. If you think back to Michael Jordan, he won twice, and then they gave it to Carl Malone just because they didn't want to give it to him three times. <laughs> I think he deserves it, but I think Embiid also deserves it. And it, it's almost like you got to lose a couple times to win the MVP trophy. Like Harden was so pissed, and then he finally won it. Like yeah, KD did all this stuff, and then he won it. It's almost like you got to prove yourself to the media, which I don't think is fair, but I got Embiid, especially after he cooked Jokic about a week ago. I think that is going to say a lot, the head-to-head matchup. So you're right. I, I I believe as a if I'm a voter, it's almost as though the guy in second place carries over his votes from the previous year because those guys that voted for him want him to win. Yeah. Right. Like I voted for you, you want to vote for the winner effectively. In some cases, you don't want to vote for fourth place. You know, you're alone. Somewhat of the hurt theory, but you're right. So Abid's almost going to have have to, you know, has those votes carry over. Joker's got to play just as well, if not better, to sustain the other votes. It's almost like congressional type voting in a way. The swing votes could come over to your beat, and all of a sudden he's got the MVP and Joker's in second. Yeah. Does it's that, do that make sense? Too, I think Tatum's playing well, but the stats are more gaudy for the big men, right? Because they've got those rebound numbers, like double digit rebounds. All these points, the field goal percentage, I think Tatum's brilliance is going to get lost in the, he's only averaging like four or five or six assists. He's only averaging eight rebounds. I think he's going to get lost into the mediocrity of those numbers just for the position that he's playing. He definitely deserves it. But my vote, if I get a vote, it's looking like it'll be Joel Embiid. Okay. I can agree with you. You talked about stats. I got a question for you. This is kind of what stat would you like to see captured in the game that isn't today? This is a leading question, but try to answer it anyway. What stat would I like to see? I would like to see a correlation between the total number of threes that a team shoots in a given night or in a given year and how many wins they have at the end of the season. Because everyone wants to do this whole Golden State, Houston Rockets, Dan Tony, shoot the three or get a layup, but not everyone has the personnel to do that. So I want to take those analytics and give them back to the data analytics of these teams. I will tweet at them and say, your team has no business shooting all these threes. <laughs> You're in the lottery every year. You don't have Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. So draft differently and do something differently. Sounds like WST, Big Ben and K1 just hit the analytics business. Boom, we're in. We're deep in AI. I want to see. What's that you want to see? I want to see. I'm going to call it GSS, good screen set, meaning the screens that lead to a bucket. I want to know what guys are setting good screens that lead to a bucket. Because those are the guys I want on my team. The guys that understand it's they're sacrificing themselves, setting a good screen in order for someone else to get a bucket. Listen, if we go into the data analytics, oh, if we go to data analytics and we capture that stat, it's going to be like Moneyball and Billy Bean. We're going to be overpaid. Why is Kayvon Williams <laughs> over two years? Because he's a great screen setter and he's up to the good place. 
Oh, this conversation went there is phenomenal. I had one more. Right. Um, I want charges taken. Charges taken, meaning who the each player's charges and the number of charges they take in a given season. Are we talking about just attempts? So like if you go in you go in for the no, charge, no. you don't get it, does that count as a charge? No, I, yes, I want charges taken and charges that weren't taken but attempted. So that I can find a player that attempts to take a lot, but just teach them how to actually take one. Right? I will add on to that. I want charge efficiency. I want you to take it in the right <laughs> moment and convert a foul. Yes. Because you're just taking charges and they're blocked. <laughs> then you fouled out of the game. <laughs> points taken away. I want you taking away points. Jeez, uh, if we could take away points, get screens, and understand who to draft that can shoot threes and we win games. We would have to be a Seattle hey, team. To let's draft up a cover letter players. and some resumes because we'll be the president of the Seattle Sonics in a few years here. I'm just going to send them this clip of this video. It's going to be our <laughs> informal. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. NBA, what are your other questions? Yeah, so NBA trade deadline. What trade would you like to see happen? Ooh. Listen, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I was just in Oklahoma City, by the way. Got to go by the arena. It doesn't look all that nice. Glad they what were you doing in Oklahoma there. City? Don't worry about what I was doing there. I was scouting guys that can take charges. <laughs> Said good screens. That's all you need to know. Um, I thought about this today. SGA is a player that if he sits in that small media market, he is the only, only reason that Thunder are relevant. Only. And I believe Presti's still their GM. He loves draft picks. Yeah. Now, no one will show up for the remainder of the season to any games if SGA is out of that. Giddy's okay, but that's about it. If you put SGA on any, and I'd, I'd like to marry him with Dame, that Whoa, would be, SGA to the Blazers. Here's why I say that. Think about the, that backcourt. Yeah. God. Like SGA, you could let Dame play off the ball, either or. It'd just be – I think the knock on McCollum was always that he played very similar to Dame. He kind of, you know, he was catch and shoot. Those guys kind of opted to not want to bring the ball up because they knew they could, they could drive and, dip, you know. And I think the combination of SGA and Dame would just be beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I agree. That's with the you. trade that I'd like to see. Amphrey Simmons, uh, they signed him this offseason. He's a two guard, he's young. I think it's the same thing. Dame and CJ, Dame and Simmons, exactly. I think they're yeah. too much of the same. So I love that trade. I think you get Dame, SGA, you got Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Simmons, you locked him up for a good amount. You know, he didn't hit the open market. Oh, no, he's gone. You're trading him. You're oh, trading absolutely. That's what I'm picks. saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing Simmons and picks, and I got SGA landing in my lap. Because I what I've seen from Dame, at least when I've watched him a bit, he still wants to go out and win. Like, yeah. the guy's not on autopilot. And Simmons is just – I think he had a breakout year, and it's going to be tough for him to sustain. I think he cast His breakout that year was because Dame was hurt. Exactly. Exactly. Now that you have Dame and them trying to play together, not to say it's 
bad, but to your point, it's exactly what CJ and Dame were together. You kind of you had the same person out there. I think it'd be, and you know what's I, I bring it up to this was another leading question. I tend to do this. I would love to see it right before the February 10th game when I'm going to the game in Portland because they're playing the Thunder. Just see SGA in a Blazers jersey, just swap. Just Simons and SGA swap jerseys and off we go. I thought you might be back in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Not all roads lead to Oklahoma City. Train all to right, go to this Portland. Is be a quick what about you? Because we don't know that much about the NBA, so we'll be in and out. No, just kidding. We got other things. Here's my trade. You got the Clippers. As of today, when we're recording it, they're a four seed in the West. You got Paul George and Kawhi. They're finally both of them together or individually averaging over 28 points a game. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of pieces, but they do not have a true bona fide point guard. I want to see them make a trade with the Toronto Raptors for Fred Van Fleet. You get him. To team up with Kawhi and Norman Powell, they won the championship in Toronto. You get him in La La Land. He can shoot the three. He can orchestrate. He's not ball dominant. And then Paul and Kawhi don't have to do everything to set the offense. They're opening up another stadium, a new stadium in Inglewood in two years. I know Van Fleek is a free agent, but Balmer's got deep pockets. I think you got to go all in right now because you got two max players. Two mega superstars. Kawhi's on load management. I don't know how much longer Kawhi can do this at a high level. You got to go for it right now because the West is wide open. I don't trust Denver and the Grizzlies struggle on the road. I I agree with you. Look back at the championship teams of of old, like the Bulls, where you know the point guard was they'd get him in the offense, the right set, right, so that it would open it up. They didn't do much of scoring. You know, it was it was just making sure the ball was brought up, no turnovers, and allowing the the shooters, the stars to operate, Jordan and so forth. I like that. I hear you. So you're a Clippers fan this year. I think I am because they're better than the Warriors. They're better than the Lakers. So I'm a front runner out here. It's I mean, hey, shout out to the Washington Timberwolves. Two, uh, two, two. Two players from from uh, the University of Washington, Jalen or yeah, Jalen Noel and Jaden McDaniels, both averaging double figures. Minnesota sitting in fifth place. If the Trailblazers can't get Shay, you said this last year. If they could somehow get Zach Levine, who rumor has it's not getting along with um, Billy Donovan in Chicago. And I don't know what they're going to do with Vucevic or DeRozan. Are they going to blow it up? Bring Levine back to the Pacific Northwest. Match him up with Dane. No, no, no. no? I, I don't like. I don't like Levine in that offense either. Like, I, the shot SGA is the only guy I could see where it's like, okay, these guys make sense. It's interoperability between the two. They bring similar games, but I think SGA has is more prone to be able to bring up the ball, and he's faster than Dame, I believe and get to the hoop and allow Dame to play off that set, more freedom. Zach Levine is uh, – he's, he's a north and south guy, right. if that makes sense. right? He's explosive north and south. I think him and Dame are just, again, too similar you know, in, in their offense. 
I might be wrong. I could be wrong. Watch it happen. <laughs> Watch it happen. Levine comes to the players as they win the title. Should we wrap this Party bad boy in up? City. Absolutely. I love All the right. NBA now. You brought K-Win, it back to me. Big Ben, NBA update. Next week, we'll get you back on Super Bowl as we preview the Chiefs in the Eagles in the Kelsey Bowl. I'm K-Win. He's Big Ben. You know what to do. Download, listen, and subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Big Ben, K-Win underscore, at Big Ben, K-Win underscore. We broadcast live every week on nofilter.net. Check us out every Thursday at No Filter or download, listen, and subscribe. Now that football's coming to a close, we got NBA, we got MLB. You want to talk college hoops? I think we need oh, to get into college hoops. cannot wait for college. I cannot wait for the parody in college hoops. And we're an analytics company. We'll actually tell you who's going to be who's going to win March Madness before the end of February. <laughs> Boom. Oh. Say hi to Jen and Theo. All right. Later.